Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I am your swimming instructor, codenamed Legion Cub. Are you Cutter for the week? <laughs> yes, this ties into something we'll be talking about later. Oh, <laughs> Excellent. I love it when things come full circle. Uh, please remember to follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. And before we get to the main portion of the show, we've got a few things to discuss. A little little bit of news, a little bit of controversy, perhaps. Noel, you want to fill um, us in? Um, well, um, so if you have been a longtime G.I. Joe fan, and especially if you if you do something like we do on a monthly basis and talk a lot about G.I. Joe in, in front of all you fine people, uh, there's, a, there's a few sources you probably rely on, and one of them is yojo.com. Um, I don't know how I would do this podcast without yojo.com. Um, I noticed not too long ago as I was, because I don't really go there for news very much. I usually, as we've discussed before, we usually go to His Tank if we're looking for G.I. Joe news. Uh, but I noticed that there hadn't been any updates since August 5th. And I also noticed some of the characters didn't have the new versions, like the new retro line versions as part of their, their Vs. And so I started digging on it. And it turns out, uh, and actually this is, uh, there's a change.org uh, page that's up right now. Uh, it was uh, the note was penned by Mike uh, Irizarry, who's the one of the hosts of the What's on Joe Mind podcast. And uh, apparently, if you're not aware of it, um, the administrator um, of the site, Terry Desard, and his photographer, uh, photographer Philip Donnelly, they've been running that site for a number of years. Uh, Vertical Scope recently purchased Yojo.com from them, and in recent months, they've frozen Terry and Phil and the rest of the staff. Um, completely out of the site. <clears throat> so Terry has mentioned he's gone on to a few different venues and mentioned that uh, Vertical Scope has been unwilling to grant him access to maintain the site. Um, and what's kind of the worst case scenario in this says that he believes that the site's information may soon just completely become unavailable, um, transferred to just like a standard forum or just deleted altogether. Uh, which would be one of the worst things I could possibly imagine as a Joe fan. Uh, there's some other great sites out there. Like I said, uh, I've plugged uh, Carson Metaxas's fantastic 3djoes.com. Um, it's it's if you want to see high definition pictures of the figures and the box art, it's the best resource for that. But overall, for collecting every single iteration of GI Joe, a, a, a full database of all the information you can find on there. Um, this is going to be the best place to go. I don't know how effective it will be. Um, I'm going to ask Dave to link it in our show notes, but there is a change.org petition out there um, that you can sign and throw a few dollars to boost if you so please. It's getting close to the number they had originally um, asked for, which was 1,500 signatures by the time that I am telling you this. Um, but you know, anything we can do to make sure that yojo.com does not go away is definitely going to be beneficial to our fandom. Yeah, Yojo is an invaluable resource. I, I've been going there for years and years and years, even, even when I wasn't actively collecting. Uh, I, it, it's just a regular stop for me because the thoroughness and the way that they cross-reference lines and figures and versions of figures, just and the ease of use, to be honest. 
uh, it's so easy to search and to find what you're looking for, to search by year, to search by uh, the different G.I. Joe brands or whatever. It, it's a phenomenal website, and it, it really would. It would make this podcast much harder to do if it went away, and it would make G.I. Joe fandom less enjoyable if we lose this resource. Yeah, so um, all I can hope is that if the worst-case scenario does happen, that there's somebody out there with a mirror um, already prepared to go so we can launch it up at a different URL somewhere um, and and hopefully g- even give Terry and Philip uh, access to to administer that if it does happen. So, I mean, there are other venues. If, if Dojo.com goes away forever, it may still be viable on another platform, but, um, you know, just gotta, we just got to hope. So, yeah, let's uh, everybody... You know, do your best to get the word out, get the signatures on that petition. As Noel said, who knows if it'll do any good, but why not do our best to protect this this valuable resource that's been serving the fan community for for a very very long time now. Uh, all right, so one thing I wanted to mention this was this news was actually brought to my attention by my son, uh, who is a big Fortnite enthusiast. And it looks like there is a chance G.I. Joe will be making an appearance in Fortnite. Uh, Now, on this episode, we will be reviewing G.I. Joe Operation Blackout, which will feel somewhat familiar to Fortnite players. Uh, it's, It's a similar kind of game, and he and I had actually discussed how it was a little surprising Hasbro... You know, with the integration of you know Marvel and other properties into Fortnite over the years, a uh, little surprising that Hasbro hadn't pushed to get GI Joe into Fortnite, even if just to promote the toy line and the game. And it looks like that's possible. That's going to happen. Uh, one of the creators, the creative director of Fortnite, did a Zoom call, and he has always been really big on sort of Easter eggs and hints. Uh, those guys are are huge on. Here's what's coming next, but you kind of have to catch the right clues to figure it out. And apparently a Snake Eyes statue was very, very visible in a recent Zoom uh, conference call that he had. And people are looking at that as a, as a possible hint that we could see G.I. Joe, uh, probably classified versions, very similar to what's in Operation Blackout in Fortnite. And I thought that was really cool, because look, whatever you think about it, Fortnite is a pop culture juggernaut. And if your license gets integrated into Fortnite, then that's a big deal, and it's only going to get that license more attention. Because once these Fortnite kids are playing as Duke, Scarlet, Destro, whoever, they're going to want more of this G.I. Joe franchise that we love so much and that we want more of. So that's that's nothing but a good thing. And it ties in so perfectly. Yes. Not being a... I'm very casual Fortnite player. Uh, but whenever you scroll through the pop section of Amazon, there is a Fortnite character, because this pop shows up in my feed all the time, where I'm like, oh, they released a Firefly pop. Oh, yes. wait. No, that's Fortnite. Uh, it is, I actually have the six-inch figure from Jazzwares. I think his name is Havoc. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, and I bought this figure because... <laughs> It's fi- it's a hundred percent Firefly. Even the even down to the submachine gun that he has, uh, it, it's until we get a better Firefly fig- figure than the Cobra Island one, 
This is essentially a Firefly figure. I've got it on yeah, the shelf it's, it's behind it's a better me. classified Firefly than the actual classified Firefly. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, there, I mean, there is a ton of crossover <laughs> potential there. Uh, very cool character designs ready to go. So, yeah, I just thought that was worth mentioning. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens there. And like I said, any exposure for the G.I. Joe brand is a good thing for G.I. Joe fans. Uh, and then finally, the last thing I wanted to cover in our, our sort of news segment here, uh, these G.I. Joe PVC statues, they're one-eighth scale statues from Pop Culture Shock, or, which apparently is now known as PCS Collectibles, but they've done all kinds of licensed stuff from Masters of the Universe to G.I. Joe to, to other, you know, if you're our age, you know the stuff that they're doing. And... The first three statues in this line are Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, and Cobra Commander, but the key here is that they are based on the Sunbow cartoon. They're not based on the figures. They're not based on any other source. Like, they are the the cartoon brought to 3D life. Which means Snake Eyes is purple. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, you know, with this kind of product... This is the sort of thing you look at online and you're like, oh, well, this is either going to be sort of mushy, bad paint job. Like, there's the potential for this kind of product to not look great in person. Uh, I saw them in GameStop the other day and immediately texted my wife and said, I want these for Christmas. They're beautiful. And I'm a big fan of PVC statues because... You know, I don't want to spend three hundred, five hundred dollars on a, a ten to twelve inch statue to put on a shelf and never touch again. I'm I really like this concept of PVC statues. Like Diamond Select Toys has released a lot of them, uh, and a lot of them look really nice. They're like on the shelf; they're indistinguishable from your ceramics or resin or polystone or, or whatever other manufacturers. The higher price stuff is. Uh, these are very affordable. They they were retailing it for fifty bucks at GameStop. Uh, they're fifty five on Big Bad Toy Store, and I just wanted to mention them because I think they look beautiful, and I've got to add them to my collection now because the the sculpting and the paint is absolute perfection. They look gorgeous. These are the cartoon characters you grew up with brought to 3d life in a way that they really never have been before so i'm i'm mm-hmm. super excited about these things and like i said you can walk into gamestop and get them right now or you can pre-order them from you know big bad or entertainment earth or wherever you prefer to get your your toys and they come with the cool figure stand or the stands that they're on the cobra characters have the nice cobra symbol and snake eyes has his gi joe placard uh yeah gives a, a nice little touch yeah, they, I mean, they. I, I was really, really impressed. And Storm Shadow, uh, his katana is actually packaged separately because the, if if they had put it in his hand, it would have ended up warped in the packaging. So you get that, you put it in. Like there, a lot of care was taken into how these are packaged and displayed, uh, and I think that's important because not every toy company is so concerned about. Uh, the the final product i guess they just want to get it in the box and sell it and you can end up with like warped legs and weapons and things like that uh these were these look top-notch to me and i'm really excited to get them and open them up and i i uh my my wife not a big listener of the show but 
Uh, definitely received the text message, so I'm hoping <laughs> I see these under the Christmas tree. <laughs> and and they have a great track record. Uh, if you uh, have any familiarity with their Masters of the Universe and their their Street Fighter statues, um, like you said, the the sculpting, but the quality that goes in, even at that smaller scale, is top notch. Well, those Masters of the Universe statues that they've put out um, are gorgeous. And I, I have been tempted by them, but again, I just don't want to spend that much money yeah. on this those static are thing. Size. But yeah, they, I mean, they're but beautiful. But it's a good, yeah. But yeah, I think it was smart to do this scale and this medium as well, because, you know, to go after the G.I. Joe cartoon customer... Uh, honestly, that's a little broader base, and and I think you're more likely to hook people with a fifty dollar purchase than with a three hundred and fifty five hundred dollar purchase. Which, granted, they have a five hundred dollar Baroness like full size statue, but uh, I think female character statues are are kind of a niche unto themselves. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up. It is time to move on to our review. This month on Audible Interlude, we are reviewing G.I. Joe Operation Blackout, or more accurately, I'm going to be reviewing it, and Nolan and Christian are going to be sort of discussing it with me as I'm the only one that's actually played it. Uh, it's a third-person shooter. It was published by Game Mill Entertainment and developed by Iguana Bee, who are known for sort of budget titles, uh, the kind of games that you slap a license on and put out, which we all knew this before the game came out. The only question was, how successfully would the G.I. Joe license be slapped onto this thing, and how much fun would it be to play in the end? Uh, I had pre-ordered it through Best Buy, which uh, I'll go ahead. We endorse stuff all the time on this show. We have no actual sponsors, but I'll tell you, if I love a a company in Best Buy, uh, pre-orders are great from them. They tend to ship a little bit early. Uh, Obviously, pricing is fair. And I, I've just never had a bad experience ordering from those guys. So I, I pre-ordered from Best Buy. This actually came two days before the release date. And uh, we popped it in, and my son and I played it because it is, uh, it's not online. It has local multiplayer, and you can play through the campaign mode with two players the entire way through. And then there's also a team battle mode where you can play things like Capture the Flag... Uh, sort of your typical multiplayer games, but it's all local, which I prefer. I'm not a big fan of going online and playing games because I'm a very casual gamer, uh, and when I do go online, I get destroyed in like three seconds. So I liked the fact that my son and I could both just plug our controllers in and play this game and kind of have fun with it. And it... There are G.I. Joe fans on this development team, 100%. They're callbacks to the cartoon. Uh, the Obviously, all the skins are directly taken from the G.I. Joe Classified series. So, if you've seen the Classified figures, you know exactly what all of the characters are going to look like. There are 12 different playable characters uh, from the G.I. Joe team and from Cobra, 
and they all have different strengths, different weaknesses. Uh, my son's big observation was, oh, well, this guy, like Roadblock and Destro are tanks, and they're basically the same character. Uh, Lady J is a little speedier. The weird thing that we noticed was that the default weapons, uh, like Roadblock's, the weird zapper gun that he comes with as a figure, which is actually a Mars weapon. So I'm wondering what the story is behind that. Uh, Scarlet's crossbow, Lady J's uh, javelin, like the default weapons are not great to use. Like you kind of want to use the secondary weapons and you can pick up different kinds of weapons throughout the levels that are better than the secondary weapons that you default with. Uh, But the cool thing is, if you think about it, like sci-fi has his his sort of primary signature weapon is this huge laser cannon and it charges. So you have to hold you have to aim, hold down the button and then he fires, but he takes out whatever he's shooting at with one shot. So there's a little bit of strategy because the bosses are if you're playing as GI Joes, all of the enemies are bats but they're different sizes and shapes and the, like there's one that can call uh more and you want to take that guy out first because that keeps more troops from teleporting in which i don't know that the game totally explains how your enemies teleport in constantly but it doesn't matter because this is a very basic fun game to play uh it's a shooter you run running gun through the levels taking out the enemies the enemies are a little repetitive but it's okay because especially if you're doing multiplayer it's just a lot of fun to run around and play as gi joe characters and that is the big uh qualifier i will throw out there if you're a gi joe fan this game is going to be a lot more fun for you if you're a video gamer who doesn't really know a lot about gi joe then there are probably better games you can play. Uh, before I get any further, do you guys have any questions, thoughts about the game, like things you were thinking before it came out? I'm I'm a little surprised, actually, at the moment about the no online co-op. Yeah, when that's, I saw that, That's I very surprised. different for a game in 2020. Yes, and, and I'm and, happy. I'm happy about that too because I don't like playing games online, whenever possible. Well, what's funny to me is when this was when we first got our sort of first inklings of what this game was going to be. My fear was it was going to be one of those online only multiplayer games. Yeah, uh, and that is not the case. It's it's purely local multiplayer. Now you can do. There's a campaign mode. It's a story mode, and let me just tell you guys, the story is straight out of the 80s cartoon. Like I said, somebody on the development team, possibly more than one uh, person, are fans of G.I. Joe, because this story is bonkers. It involves uh, a weird, almost mystical item that Cobra Commander is pursuing in order to take over the world, and the Joe team and the Cobra team are racing each other across the globe to get the parts of this thing. Like, 
it's it could be a hundred percent a classic Sunbow miniseries. It, it's I, I understand there's a lot of pretty fun Easter eggs in there too. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. It's as you go through the story mode. Now I will say this: uh, do not go in expecting mind blowing uh, cinematics or like graphically when you're playing the game, it's beautiful. We didn't run into any glitches. Uh, everything ran smoothly. There was one point where one of the vehicle levels, and there are a few vehicle levels, um, some where you drive a hiss, one where you drive the persuader of all things. Hmm. Um, so that, and the vehicle levels are really fun. They're a lot easier if you have two people playing because, uh, I would drive and my son would shoot, but if you're playing alone, you have to do both, and it, it gets a little little more difficult. Uh, there was one vehicle level where we we crested a ridge, and the graphics just disappeared, and we fell into nothingness. <laughs> but the game, rest- like it actually kicked us out, said there was an error, but when we restarted, it brought us to the last checkpoint. So we didn't lose our progress or anything, so that was really nice. Uh, but for the most part, everything ran smoothly, everything looks beautiful, but the cutscenes... Uh, do not look for like Final Fantasy level cutscenes. They're basically motion comics, and if you're not familiar with those, uh, it's it's sort of comic book pages with the occasional movement added in to the drawings. But like I said, if you're a GI Joe fan, you're really going to enjoy these because the voice acting is fantastic. The guy doing Destro is Scottish accent Destro. It's not Sunbow Destro. It's almost more like a Christopher Eccleston Destro, which is, to me, more accurate. Because he's a Scottish lord. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed Christopher Eccleston's voice as Destro, and that's kind of what they're going for here. But Cobra Commander sounds like Cobra Commander. Uh, Duke... This is something, though, that I've noticed in a lot of video games is that your protagonist, your sort of main character, very often will seem a little youngish. Uh, Duke, his voice sounds a little younger than it really should, but the voice acting is very good, and all of the other characters sound great. Roadblock sounds great, um, and they've got Dial Tone, who sounds like Dial Tone from Sunbow. Mainframe is oddly, you can, he's not playable, but he's one of the major characters of the game. Uh, they really have taken a lot of care and presented G.I. Joe in a way that feels to me like G.I. Joe. It's definitely promising because <clears throat> there's a lot of things that have not treated it that way over the years, so I'm glad to see a lot of that's happening now. Well, and that's, uh, you know, every, it's it's very fun to make fun of the word synergy because it is a very corporate capitalist <laughs> word. But this game has so much synergy with, it's almost a, a, a bridge between 80s G.I. Joe and G.I. Joe Classified because the look is all G.I. Joe Classified, but the tone is all Sunbow G.I. Joe. Uh, it's really fun to play. It's very, like I said, it's not the most complex game ever. But for me, as a casual gamer, that's a bonus. I'm yeah, not, yeah, that's that's definitely a bonus for me because I'm not a hardcore gamer. 
you, you don't I, have to cycle through a bunch of menus. There aren't skill trees. You're switching back and forth between two weapons, and that's like it. That's good for. That has a nice break from some of the other games. Well, now that yeah, now that I'm playing, I'm playing my Switch a lot more now. So I did see it in the store. I'm probably just going to go ahead and buy it here in the next few weeks and and give it a roll once I get rid uh, get done with the Zelda game I'm playing and yeah, have some fun with it. Yeah, I recommend it to to any GI Joe fan that plays video games. Uh, I think you're going to have fun with this. Like I said, the the only real thing I would say as a be ready for this is that the cutscenes are not full animated cutscenes. But as you get into the story and as you have fun with the game, it doesn't matter because you understand. Like I said, there is a respect for the tone and the story themes of GI Joe that I really wasn't expecting to see in this game uh the characters all feel right the stories all feel right uh there is strife within cobra i mean they really hit all the notes so well that uh i i just i honestly i don't have any complaints about this game we we had and my son is obviously a much more casual gi joe fan than i am he's he turns uh 13 october 27th so, you know, you can guess where that places him in the G.I. Joe fandom. He thinks the classified series figures are really cool. He's seen some of the cartoons, but he's not by any means a diehard G.I. Joe fan. And he had fun playing this game. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm delighted because we've seen a lot of licensed stuff that does not hit the mark. And this, for me, hit the mark of fun, but also true to G.I. Joe. There are some unlockables for, for those of you who are a little more in tune with video games. Uh, unlockables are a huge thing. There are a number of different character skins. Uh, one of my favorite ones is, and this goes back to last month's episode, uh, Christian, believe it or not, the Snake Eyes in Drag skin. No! <laughs> it is... Yeah, but you also get Shipwreck, right? Uh, no, the Shipwreck... Shipwreck uh, is, is... Well, he is in the game. He is not playable, but he is in the game. Well, that makes my heart feel better. <laughs> but, yeah, the the uh, Snake Eyes... It, I guess in disguise would be a more appropriate term. Is, <laughs> is an unlockable skin in the game... Uh, everybody has Arctic versions because a good portion of the, like I said, uh, it takes place across the globe. So there's a, naturally an Arctic portion. Everybody has uh, costumes for that. There's a Tiger Force Duke. What? Um, yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other crazy stuff there is in there. And then Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes each have secret unlockable skins that we have not unlocked yet so i don't know what they are uh there is a sort of movie looking duke there's uh and then all of the the primary guns like the signature weapons for each character have different versions as well uh different skins so there's there's just enough there to give you some replay value you can go by go back and replay levels uh, to find those unlockables. 
it's like I said, it's it's fun. It's not the most complex game ever, but it sure is a lot of fun. So for me, it gets uh, it gets the recommendation. Absolutely, I, I feel like they did a good job with it. Any final thoughts or any questions about this thing before we move on? No, I definitely, uh, you know, we we had talked about our, our nervousness because of the company that was making the game. And every little preview we saw, we were like, okay, this looks good, but mm, their track record. And with everything that you've just said, I mean, this really cements that we need to go get this game. Is it is it, you know, relatively entertaining and does it contain characters and you know, vehicles we love, then, you know, that's all I need, really, for a game like that. Well, and like I said, it it contains those things, but it also contains the spirit of G.I. Joe. It's not just slapped on. It really does capture what we love about G.I. Joe, so I'm I'm happy with it. Well, I'll, I'll give this uh, four out of five Yo-Jo's. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, we will move on to Instruments of Destruction. Instruments of Destruction is the segment where we talk about a vehicle from the G.I. Joe franchise, but we're going to do something a little bit different this month in acknowledgement of the G.I. Joe retro line that is now showing up at Walmart where you can get a Hiss tank or an Striker that are very true to the original G.I. Joe line we remember, or rather the 80s G.I. Joe line. I'm so bad about saying original G.I. Joe line. Uh, <laughs> the 80s G.I. Joe or Real American Hero line. Uh, this month, we are going to take a look at these retro vehicles and what the future might hold for these retro vehicle reissues. So, just to have a little bit of fun on the show, what we're going to do is each of us is going to pick a realistic pick, because if you look at Walmart's releases, uh, you ha- or I guess Hasbro's releases through Walmart, the Histank and the Ostriker are available now. And we know a fang is on the way. So looking at what they've chosen, we're going to try and make a good educated guess at a realistic pick and a fantasy pick. A vehicle that, you know, putting aside tooling and cost and appeal to to moms, the the vehicle we'd really like to see in this retro line. So to start us off, Noel, uh, or actually, you know what? Noel, you you got your you got your big moment in the intro with uh, oh. your your yojo.com. Let's start this one off with Christian. Um, oh, what is your realistic pick for this GI Joe retro line? Okay, so I want to preface it with this: I am basing vehicles off of anything listed on yojo.com under the header vehicles. Because as I was going through and I was thinking, if realistically as a fan, what would I want to see that could fall within the $25 range price tag? And 
my realistic pick uh, would be a two-pack. And that would include the Cobra Bunker and the Cobra Surveillance Port. Because me, myself, and I, I'm more of a playset. I do love my vehicles, but I really love playsets and backgrounds for dioramas and photography. And the Cobra Bunker is still one of my favorite pieces uh, that I have. Uh, So I would, I, they're you know relatively small. You know, these were probably less than ten dollars a piece in the 80s when they came out. So taking for inflation, I think you could get both of those as a sort of Cobra outpost uh, in one package. No driver needed. Um, oh, but I yeah. think I think they're required. I think you got to have a figure included because that's, well, the, that's what they want to get to a troop builder. Right, right. Right. So if you if you included a figure because of the surveillance port, I would throw in a televiper. Yes. It would be a good way to get him into the line, uh, and it, it would make sense. I love so, I love this concept because the bunk okay the bunker is the uh, it's the thing that had like three pieces and it came apart right. Yep. Right. So like it's got like a, 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 a quote unquote like a sand looking base. Right. The the bunker piece the, the three pieces snap together, you got a little roof on top. It has two lookout ports with guns. Um and then it also had a missile launcher. Yes, yes. And and this is pre spring loaded missile launching toys, which we will get into later. Uh you know, this is more like uh, what came with the you know Arctic Trooper? Just right. a molded missile launcher, one piece, pure and simple. I I absolutely love this idea, and I'll tell you right now, when out of the 25th anniversary stuff, some of the stuff I got most excited about uh, was when, or actually, it wasn't even 25th anniversary. I think they were released with as part of the movie line. They did, yeah, because they, like, re-released the law. Yes, the law, and yep. they did the surveillance port. Yep, in um, different colors. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. Is, and, and these, just to be clear for all the listeners, all of this stuff would be issued in original colors. These would not be, like, this wouldn't be, like, the black striker or whatever. <laughs> I, I love that one. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I'll go next with mine. Uh, the the retro vehicle that I would love to see is the Devilfish. Ah, uh, yes. Because oh. the Devilfish was in, like, a ton of episodes of the cartoon. It was, it was one of the vehicles they used a lot, but it was only produced 86 to 88, and then in 89 it got, like, a repaint. But it hasn't been reissued in the modern line in any way. I want that original devil, that orange color. And if I, the pack in figure would be shipwreck, but it would be sweater and knit cap shipwreck. Yes. Because we want, obviously we want uh, an old school regular shipwreck in the, the retro line, like, because he needs an update, but I would throw, yeah, I would throw in your sweater because it's cutter 
I don't need any cutters ever again. We've discussed how I feel about cutters. <laughs> but sweater shipwreck would be great. And that's the other thing we've got to think about with these. The pack-in figures are coming with no accessories. So my right. first thought with the Devilfish was like, oh, let's put Wetsuit in there. But Wetsuit has to have his his flippers and his uh, mm-hmm. his, his uh, backpack and all that stuff. So I don't want it to be Wetsuit. I think sweater shipwreck... Good to go in the Devilfish. I think that'd be a great set. I am such a sucker for water-based vehicles. Yes, that yes. if that was announced, that that would be like the I I have to fight to get that pre-order above anything else. It's they're releasing in that line. Yeah, I'm. I love aquatic themed toys. So like that, th- this one for me was was a no-brainer. I we well, and also I just want a Devilfish. <laughs> yeah. Noel, what is toy. No, what what is your uh realistic pick? Well, this is going to be great because uh I just heard what you just said, Christian, about how you love water-based vehicles. And uh so I'm going to spar with you on the high seas because uh this is one that actually hasn't been released in its original color since 1984. Uh it had a the Tiger Force Repaint 88, and then there was the Python Patrol version, which was released recently, which makes it very realistic because in the last 10 years, the Python Patrol Water Moccasin was released. I want the original Cobra Water Moccasin to be released in its original colors with a new Copperhead figure at the helm, which is perfect because he doesn't have any accessories. He was the original driver for that vehicle, and that vehicle is in the same price point range as the awe striker and the hiss so you could still keep it at that $25 price point uh, but this was this is one of my favorite cobra vehicles that i never actually owned as a child so i would love to get one in just pristine condition and be able to apply those stickers for the first time um but what a fun little fun little boat uh, side note because you mentioned stickers uh that was one fun thing I noticed when I got my Off Striker that they are, with the retro line, they're sticking with that original feel, and you're getting a sticker sheet of decals yes. mm-hmm. to apply yourself. Although, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the on the Hiss tank, uh, on the bo- on the picture on the back, uh, the, the, the 788 sticker has bubbles in it on the picture <laughs> they chose for the back. <laughs> Well, that's real. They, they're they <laughs> keeping it real over at Hasbro. And actually, for the listeners, uh, if you go to the Needless Things YouTube channel, uh, we have reviews of the Striker and the Hiss Tank up uh, right now that you can go check out. And, Noel, that is an amazing pick. The Water Moccasin is in my top three favorite vehicles of all time yeah, for G.I. Joe. I didn't remember that they had released the Python Patrol version in 2011. I'm actually really surprised that's the only modern take we've gotten on it. It's not. Uh, it's not? Because the only reason I didn't pick the Water Moccasin is because they released it in the Pursuit of Cobra line. Oh. And uh-huh. it is an original color Water Moccasin. Uh, Copperhead is in weird colors. Uh, he's terrible, but they released a 25th anniversary Copperhead that's accurate, so that's fine. Well, that's um, interesting. It's not listed on Yoga.com, yeah. so... It's, uh, it's beautiful. 
But that, you know, that was years ago. We're due for another one. But that's the only reason I didn't pick that is because it has come out in the last few years. But I think that would be a fantastic pick as well. And I'd 100% buy another one, especially with Copperhead in in his correct colors, uh, a little updated from the 25th one. Because he's got the stupid sweatbands on his elbows. And arthritis hand. Yeah, yeah. So we we need a new Copperhead as well. So I'm I'm 100% on board with this pick as well. All right, now it is time for our unrealistic, no attention to tooling or anything else picks, our fantasy picks for the G.I. Joe retro line. Uh, Christian, it's back to you. Okay, so again, sticking with my, my theme, my fantasy pick would be A re-release slash a la the thing, a slightly updated version of the Missile Command headquarters oh. for Cobra. It's it's just a cardboard set, uh, so I think that it still can fit within an affordable price range, but making it, you know, slightly larger somewhere, you know, less than fifty dollars. Uh, but I think the retro line, it, it's going to be way too expensive to get the G.I. Joe headquarters or the Terror Dome. You know, those are crowdfunded type of items now. Yeah. Uh, and I I know they did a San Diego Comic-Con re-release of the Missile Command. I've got it um, on my shelf. But I want to see something, like I said, slightly more updated for today. Maybe you know, a couple of different levels to it or or something. Um, kind of like what they've done with the Star Wars play sets that are a bit more cardboard. Um, so that's my fantasy pick. Now, who would the included figure be? The included figure... Would you not use the three from the original? Well, my initial thought for a figure was either the black the black version cobra commander oh nice or the armored version cobra commander well i think whichever one you do you have to have the mickey mouse logo on the chest the what the the cobra commander that was packed into the original um the, the original missile command headquarters has that weird cobra emblem that looks like it has mouse ears so he's called Mickey Mouse Cobra (laughs) and he's extremely rare because to have that paint application still in good shape is obviously going to be really tough after uh, 40 years Um, but yeah uh, when they re-released it for San Diego Comic Con that was actually stamped on uh, that Cobra Commander as well oh my Ah. gosh have I not even noticed that it's sitting on the shelf behind me right now <laughs> hang on you guys chat amongst yourselves i'm gonna go grab this figure <laughs> hang on just a second I, I i have to look it up myself this is the first i've heard of this yeah yeah mickey mouse just if you like he's kind of referred to as mickey mouse cobra commander uh, colloquially Okay, fortunately for everyone, I have my readers, my readers sitting on the desk here. <laughs> what the heck is that? <laughs> oh my gosh! 
Why they didn't does have it good tampo technology when they first released that playset? Oh man! Before they just... mass released Cobra Commander, I just dropped his blaster on the ground. I mean, it doesn't look like what a Cobra the... at all. This is crazy. I I can't believe I didn't <laughs> notice this before now, but I I kind of just I have got over a dozen 25th anniversary style Cobra Commanders. <laughs> so I mean, I really didn't even look at this guy that closely. But yeah, it's what it is, it's the Cobra symbol and on the head it has basically little Mickey Mouse ears. This well, is hilarious. Being, I think you are being incredibly nice by saying that it's the the Cobra insignia. It's like the Atari 2600 8-bit version. Well, it looks like graffiti art. It's really what it's yeah, what it looks like. Like it's not it's not detailed at all. There there's very few um uh the Cobra hood lines, like the lines on the inside of the hood. Yeah, there's yeah, like, yeah. you know, like just four blind. as opposed to wow. Yeah. That's that's great. that's crazy. So well, if, I'm glad I taught you guys something tonight. I thought you were, were both aware of the that's, Mickey that's Mouse Cobra Commander. Why we're here to, to we learn something new. That's right, <laughs> entertainment over expertise. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I like this idea, and I would say I think I kind of get what you're saying, Christian, with updating it a little bit. Like there would be the background would be that cardboard piece, but maybe throw some plastic. Uh, in there for the front portion like the control panels and stuff would be maybe plastic with some stickers sort of make it a little different right there's there's enough companies out there now that make these cardboard maybe less than cardboard type you know pop-up play sets right right that i feel like you could do it nowadays where it is i mean obviously the original one was 3d-esque uh, but where you could have more levels and and playability to it, like you said, like extra computer consoles, um, doorways that can open and close, yeah. all, all that sort of sort of stuff to it. Something along the lines of the stuff that like Extreme Sets does. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down yeah. for that. That would be very cool. Uh, well, my with with uh, Black Cobra Commander. Now, would this be hooded or I? I say faceplate. I say I, I'm a faceplate fan. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I get that a lot of people love hooded Cobra Commander. To me, he is more intimidating and more scary when you can't see and his it, eyes. It's right. just the blank expression. Uh, so I, I, that's why I said like my preference would be a black version Cobra Commander. But if Hasbro were to look at it and be like, oh well. We have so many versions of that style Cobra Commander. Then toss in the armored Cobra Commander because yeah. at least that's a completely new look. Um, yeah. So my fantasy pick, and I, I don't know that it's really that big of a fantasy pick, but it's just something that we haven't seen in any form since 1993, uh, the Thunder Machine with Thrasher. That was my second. Oh. That is a good pick. I, I Because it has a lot of parts, and it would basically have to be tooled all over again, I think. Uh, and it goes a little beyond the $25 price range in all likelihood. 
But if I'm being honest and I'm not going for the killer whale, because obviously that's not happening, <laughs> uh, that would be a HasLab item, I think, at this point. But the Thunder Machine seems relatively doable, but unlikely. And it's something, it's a key vehicle that is, to me, central to a lot of the play patterns I had when I was a kid. So that's that's one I would love to see again. And I think that Hasbro could probably get some use out of that tooling in other ways. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's my fantasy pick. And, and it's also just a vehicle that we need to have. Like, if I had to list... 10 must-have G.I. Joe vehicles, it's on there. Yeah. I, I This yeah. one actually, that, that one was one of uh, the ones on my short list, and I didn't know if I was like, well, it's 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 a smallish enough they could do it at a decent price point, but it also hasn't been released since the Street Fighter line, so is it is it going to get another release, you know, without having to retool a bunch of stuff. So right. it, it was kind of on the line between fantasy and reality pick. Right. It seems reasonable, but is probably unlikely. Uh, so that brings us to Noel. What is your fantasy instrument of destruction? Well, my fantasy instrument of destruction is one that um, it's, it's not an like a, an enormous vehicle, you know. I did I did not go for something like the whale or or even like the tactical battle platform or something like that that crossed my mind. Um, but uh, I went with the Cobra Mamba because this is one oh. I never owned, and I've always loved that design, those twin rotors, uh, those dual cockpits that uh, that jettison out. Um, it's just just one that I would just love to have. Uh, it, you know, and, and be able to get a brand new one, and you, you're probably looking at least a, maybe a fifty or sixty dollar price point on this one. Um, pack it in with your Gyro Viper, uh, who's not exactly the most exciting figure, but you know, it's a it's a Cobra pilot, and that's what you need. You could possibly even sub in a Wild Weasel or a Strato Viper instead, um, just to do something that's a little bit more iconic. But uh, yeah, uh, it's just I think it would. I think it'd be a, a, a really nice one to re and I don't know how much retooling they'd have to do because it hasn't been released in thirty four three thirty three years eighty seven right. right yeah I'd love to see that I, that's another one instant buy for me for sure it'd be a higher price point uh, but mm-hmm. it but also I never had that one as a kid either uh, because I think it came out right after I was kind of starting to to wander away. Uh, from G.I. Joe a little bit. So yeah. I I always viewed it as the um rip off of the Dark Side Destroyer from the superpowers yeah. Yeah, yeah. line. It also looks it, a little bit like the uh from Mask, um Miles Mayhem. Oh yeah. 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 But with age comes wisdom and <laughs> I, I do like the three cockpit design. Yeah. Well, you guys, I think we've laid down some excellent vehicles, and Hasbro would be foolish not to listen to our suggestions. It is time to take a look beyond the original Real American Hero line that we all grew up with. I keep saying original Real American Hero line. I am so sorry, uh, 
Joe fans of the 12-inch line that I keep offending you so badly. It's just how these things work in my head. But now it is time to take a look beyond that line. Christian, why don't you tell me about your pick for this month's Beyond the 80s? Oh, right. So we are looking at one of the biggest uh, 80s cliches in uh, storylines for cartoons and toy lines, and that is the Just Say No to Drugs. And G.I. Joe entered this a little bit late, uh, 1992, with their drug enforcement line. Uh, So it was a very small subline. You had four Joes, two villains, but this might be, it might have included one of the greatest villains in the G.I. Joe toy line, just based off of his looks. Um, so figure-wise, you got a new version of Cutter, um, and I, you know, I when I was when I was doing my my notes on this, I was like, D- are we getting our first retcon of a character's backstory? And after reading, because with Cutter, uh, they now give him this this origin that he was running these speedboats that were, you know, busting drug runners with the Coast Guard, which makes perfect sense. Um, So he was doing this before G.I. Joe. So when G.I. Joe starts their anti-drug force, of course he's going to uh, jump in on it. But when you look at the original Cutter figure, they don't mention that at all. But I also realize they don't really say much about him other than when he found out that Joe didn't have a Coast Guard division, he was pounding on their door to be the first. I I think Um, it's less a retcon and more an elaboration. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the conclusion that I came to. And I was like, okay, that's everything about that is believable. Yes. Yes. It, It doesn't contradict anything that we knew about cutter, except that for some reason he takes his shirt off to fight drugs. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know... You gotta show off those guns. <laughs> Listen, those sleeveless vests were very popular in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, so then we got uh, Bulletproof and uh, a new version, an updated version of Mutton Junkyard, which again, drug-sniffing dog, Makes perfect sense. Not a good look for no. Mutt, though. This is, uh, yeah, bad, bad design. Uh, and then also Shockwave. Um, something about this line, at least from the Joes, uh, and of course this carries over to the villains as well, but from the Joes' perspective, um, so the toys all came with some sort of spring-loaded weapon, and these were very oversized weapons. Uh, so, like like I've said before on, on other episodes, 1992-93 is when my younger brother was getting into G.I. Joe. 
uh, even though I had sort of aged out of it. So all these figures were in my house. So I still got to play with them and, and uh, you know, give them some love. And I always thought it was very interesting that, that G.I. Joe is, is taken to the streets to fight drugs, but we're going to bring in these weapons that are half the size <laughs> of a human uh, and hope that there's no collateral damage. I mean, when you look at the net launcher that like comes with Mutt and Junkyard, um, it, I would imagine the force that it throws the net, it is slicing through <laughs> one of the headmen. It's like pre- uh, it's like the- Predator Two when he shoots him up against the wall and the net cuts into his exactly. flesh. Exactly. <laughs> like like Cutter comes with this cannon that shoots uh, like a three pronged anchor, and you're like, well, what is he doing with this? <laughs> like knocking down building walls. Um. So for our villains, uh, we'll we'll tackle the leader last. So we have our army builder, the headhunter. Now, as for people who are selling drugs to the common man on the street, (laughs) this is a very interesting look. This is a choice they made. Nothing about this screams, I would buy anything from you uh in order to be a good army builder they have a a reflective face mask sort of like cobra commander uh but with a newsies cap that's what i was going to ask is he wearing a beret kind of um a leather jacket with you know the big shoulder pad gloves uh military boots and, and I guess everything from the neck down, I could be like, well, if you're in a gang, it the shoulder pad is still a choice. But it was the 90s, so okay. Um, but that, the, the faceless shield is, is, I don't know who's buying drugs well, from this, these guys. This is non-ironically one of my, like, top five troop builder Cobra figures, really? <laughs> even though even though he's not technically a member of Cobra until the following year, no, in no, which that year was terrible. He's Headman's narcotic guard. Yes, <laughs> but like the look of this figure with that black leather and the the brown boots and gloves and everything. I mean, he's he's got a really great color scheme. I've always loved this figure, and as a matter oh, of fact, sure. I, I wanted to put together this costume. But I need to get other people to wear this costume because if you are not aware of it, one <laughs> yeah. of my favorite costumes I do is the the, the next character we're going to talk about. Yeah, so if, if the headhunters were, say, pilots of a vehicle for Cobra or they were working for Destro, yes, I feel yes. like their look makes so much more sense. Um. So, of course, Headhunter uh, is the henchman of the Headman oh boy. slash Drug Kingpin. Uh, and, listener, 
do yourself a favor and Google this as quickly as you can. <laughs> he is pure, uh, stereotypical Scarface superhero dream. He is in a pinstripe suit <laughs> with a fedora hat and a low-major mask. <laughs> A domino mask with the uh, like the handlebar mustache, soul patch that's black. His hair is blonde <laughs> with a ponytail, which I think he's the first GI Joe character that we got with the ponytail. Uh, uh, Zanzibar had one. Well, Zanzibar. Oh, that's right. Zanzibar had a top knot. Zanzibar had a top knot. Zanzibar had real hair too. Right. Uh, like Buzzer yeah. had Buzzer had a ponytail that was just plastic, molded plastic. But uh, yeah, Zanzibar actually had the real hair in there. And this, I think, this was the second one to actually have hair. But I love so when you get into the description of Headman, because when you look at him, you're like, oh, okay, you know, again for this line, he has a large, oversized cannon. Um, you know, his gun, and he's in a suit. But then when you start reading his description, he has an ominous steel mask of obscurity, which makes him sound more like a Dungeons and Dragons villain. <laughs> um, Poison-tipped, steel-toed boots, drug battle scars, because the emotional scars his parents gave him when they divorced <laughs> weren't enough. His gangster dress hat, a double-breasted blazer with reinforced protective line, cufflink communicators, <laughs> and high-tech wipeout missiles. And when you see the size of the missile launcher, and the part that's disappointing is if you watch the DIC cartoon, he had he wears a cape, but the figure did not come with a cape, and I feel like. Like, like it would have some sort of, like, Batman-esque, like, you know, nanotech flame-resistant sure, cape sure. of doom. He can probably glide. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, and he has... dastardly he man has, got Lieutenant Falcon hooked on drugs. Ugh. He has everything you could possibly need in a supervillain. And, and only wearing you know, a three-piece suit. <laughs> he, he, his, I, his figure is amazing looking. Uh, I, and that's no sarcasm. I know I'm kind of laughing at it, but if, if you took away the, the drug backstory, because uh, that is just, for me personally, um, you know, yeah, don't do drugs. But even as a kid, I was like, oh, this is kind of ham-fisted. Um, I won't get into the episode he appeared in too much but it just you know it always bothered me when there were these drug episodes like you know cops and crooks did it too where this this street level drug person is so horrible that gi joe and cobra have to team up together (laughs) right he's got like a building he's got a building that has like cannons just popping out of it in the middle of a city yeah the 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 trash cans the there's a scene where just, like, normal, everyday old people are like, stop selling drugs to our kids! And all of a sudden, the garbage can lids lift up, and there's these missile launchers. And I was like, <laughs> what? why are people still living here? <laughs> I, just 
move away. Um, but it is it, again. I, I just think look wise, he is a great, great villain. I think you still outside of Mutton uh, Junkyard, you got some good looking Joe figures. Well, I have, Ish. I have, especially considering what else was coming out during that time period. Um, they were a little more grounded in reality. Um, well, I have three notes here. Uh, the first note I have is that Shockwave's secondary specialty is choir. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second note is that these six figures are all original parts. They're 100% mm-hmm. new tooling, which is mind-blowing. Uh, that this subline, when they've got, you know, the eco-warriors, Ninja Force, like, as you mentioned, like, some pretty... But all of 1992, so much of it, it it's so... It's mind-blowing, really, when you think that, that they pumped this much money into G.I. Joe with all all the new tooling that they got and the bulk, when you look at the bulk of the figures and you go that's what they gave us right right and there were some good looking figures that year a lot of them most of them were new molds they also they were only keeping figures on the shelves for one year at this point yeah this was there was no uh you know we talked earlier about how destro sort of stayed in the line for for four or five years that didn't happen anymore. It was they yeah. were they were cycling through waves and figures very quickly at this point. Um, the other note I have, and I'm glad that you mentioned cops and crooks, is that the leader of Hasbro's cops line was bulletproof uh, African American <laughs> police officer, and sure enough, here in the drug elimination force, we have bulletproof an African-American heading up the drug elimination force. Very interesting synergy there. Yeah. There's that word again. Synergy. <laughs> but My biggest... Oh, go ahead. He is not the ancestor of the character Bulletproof in the way that uh, I think we discussed on an earlier episode. They had actually worked the bio of one of the other cops' characters in. Was it Handcuff? Long arm? Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, I can't either right off the top of my head. But yeah, one of the other cops characters was actually an ancestor of, you said Beachhead? It was Beachhead's nephew, I think. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, So in this case, they just share uh, a code name. But still pretty, pretty neat. That, that Hasbro, I always like seeing things like that, like Shockwave, uh, Transformer Shockwave, we're all familiar with that. And this mm-hmm. is all just done because they own the copyright, but it's neat. I like that kind of thing between lines. It's cool to see. Now my my biggest takeaway from looking at this, they they, they could have just thrown random, because like, when they did a lot of these sublines, they would just take random characters they wanted to keep copyrights on, or they just figured they were popular, so they'll sell them again. Every one of the Joe characters on this, there's only four, but they couldn't have picked 
three, uh, they couldn't have recycled three characters that made much more sense, other than maybe throwing Law and Order into the line as well. Yeah. And then having Bulletproof as the leader, whose backstory is that he was down fighting in the jungles of Central America against these drug lords, uh, taking over as a leader. Of course, you know, with Cutter, he's in the Coast Guard, so he's patrolling He's patrolling the, the coast, and they wrote that into his kind of retcon, his backstory, as you mentioned. Mutton Junkyard, as you mentioned, the, the drug-sniffing dog, and you got Shockwave, who's the urban... Uh, the urban warfare specialist. So somebody at Hasbro was still somewhat inspired when coming up with these characters at this point. Um, And then going and just, as you mentioned, just diving into the realms of ridiculousness with the head man um, and his headhunters. What's weird to me, no vehicles tied to this subline. Yeah. I thought there were. So there, there was planned. Oh, Oh, okay. Um, there was a water vehicle uh, for Cutter, and they ended up moving it to the Battle Force 2000. Oh, line, weird! Giving it that that paint job instead. Well, and then the uh, the next year, because I think they were planning on continuing the DF line until into the following year, they wound up repainting the Headhunters, as I mentioned before, and making them now a Cobra Trooper with this awful neon green in place of the uh, the nice muted brown color which is one of the worst decisions they ever made on repaint well same thing with the headman he got a later repaint and he was just in a like khaki a, so well, it, was, brown, it was yellow yeah. but that was wasn't yellow? the original line that was in like 2000 one uh, 2002 I see 2002 yeah it was it was much later well, this was uh, very much, it's funny, this line, you know, this came out in 1992, but the war on drugs is such an 80s thing that this is kind of a, a remnant of 80s mentality that this line came out. Uh, and, and again, it's six figures, 100% new tooling, solid subline. This is the sort of thing that you look at and you think, you know what? If I wanted to collect this subline, it'd be very doable because it was this one year, this was it, one and done, uh, and it has, as you said, Noel, somebody was invested. Somebody sat down and made this subline make sense within the context of G.I. Joe. So I think it's cool uh, beyond the 80s. I, I think it's, a, a, for what it is, a successful concept. This is the portion of the show where we each get to ramble about anything for a limited amount of time to wrap things up. Christian, what would you like to ramble about at the end of the show here? Hey, so um, a little project that I've been working on, hopefully um, here soon I can start getting some pictures of it up on my Instagram, but I actually started customizing my very first G.I. Joe vehicle. Um, I have taken a Cobra Rat, which is just a big red shell of plastic and one of the worst-looking vehicles in the Joe line. Um, Not necessarily from a concept-wise, just the big red hunk of plastic. 
uh, and started customizing it to more of a Cobra Blue to see can we improve upon these vehicles that came out, you know, in the ne- with the neon colors in the 90s. Uh, it's been a fun learning process. Uh, like I said, I'm kind of waiting for my Cobra decals to come in, and then once they do, get some pictures up there. But uh, so far, I could say yes. I, I think every vehicle has a, a something good in it to be unlocked with just the right color scheme. Everything is salvageable. Noel, uh, what do you get to babble about? So um, I was actually, we were talking about the vinyl records uh, last month's episode, uh, the, the G.I. Joe music's coming out. Another uh, G.I. Joe-related thing coming out on vinyl, um, if you're not familiar with Word Burglar, he's uh, kind of a, a nerdcore rapper, but he's kind of blew up in 2013 with his Welcome to Cobra Island album. Uh, all of the, the samples come directly from the old Sunbow series, um, and... He raps all about G.I. Joe. He's a huge fan. Uh, I've met the guy. He's, he's, I mean, he knows, he knows his Joe stuff more than anybody else uh, in the world. Um, but he just, in the past few weeks, started out uh, like a Kickstarter campaign. It was actually a, ba- a Bandcamp campaign uh, to uh, release for the first time uh, his album, Welcome to Cobra Island, on vinyl. Uh, you can check out that site. Uh, he's actually met his goal and surpassed it by a good, good bit. Um, you can either ordered on vinyl it's and it's a really great price it's $19 you can get uh, you can get a copy on vinyl you can also order a CD or you can order a digital copy and he's also got some perks where you can get uh, up to a, a handwritten letter um, by by Word Burglar himself uh, a letter from Word Burglar is of course an homage to the final uh, issue of the original G.I. Joe run in Marvel Comics so uh, if you get a chance to check that out uh, and you can watch some of the music videos on, on MTV if you're not familiar Rap Viper is probably the best known song that he's done and it's great it's just a lot of fun if you're a Joe fan and, and you like hip hop it's, uh, it's a really really good time yeah you mentioned this to me and I immediately went and backed it uh, I'm, I'm super into this I mean I'm I'm a, a sucker for vinyl so I was like there's a G.I. Joe project that I can get as a record I must have it so yeah I, I got on that one. Uh, and the thing that I am going to babble about is the <laughs> the thing that we reviewed, Snake Eyes Dead Game. Uh-huh. All, all I'm going to say is our plans had been to go along and continue reviewing this comic. Uh, and I don't think I'm out of order when I say that none of us are really all that interested in continuing to read this comic (laughs) well we never know what's going to come out yeah well uh, supposedly issue two came out october 7th oh it came out i have it but (laughs) oh you do have it so i feel bad now because i feel like we should have reviewed it but uh it's just look i think the story we all agreed was in line with what we expect out of gi joe uh, but in the medium of comic books, you need to have a good story, and you need to have good visual storytelling. And as you heard on our episode two episodes ago, uh, this comic did not have that. So I think we're going to discontinue our reviews of Snake Eyes Dead Game. That is, you know, if, if you're enjoying it, that's awesome. That's great. 
I, I I'm glad you are enjoying a great new GI Joe comic that's you know doing it for you. But for us, uh, I think Noel and Christian, you guys will agree that we really aren't that interested in pursuing it. There's plenty of other things that I think are worth reviewing. You know, maybe one day we'll just kind of do a gloss over the entire run once it's all said and done. Yes, we'll yeah. re- we'll revisit it uh, eight years from now when all the issues are out. and with that we want to thank all of our listeners for checking out audible interlude a gi joe podcast all of the music you heard is by andy samford of electricminnowmusic.com please check it out uh go and follow audible interlude uh you can find us on instagram at audible interlude podcast and on twitter at gi joe audible there are gi joe toy reviews up at the needless things podcast youtube channel please go check that out and uh noel do you want to tell us a little bit about the finest Sure, I will remind you guys about The Finest, which is the world's premier G.I. Joe and Cobra costuming club. Uh, obviously, we're not doing as many shows as we normally do, but we're still recruiting. If you, you've ever thought about dressing up like a G.I. Joe or Cobra character, um, you put together your kit. We've actually got a Finest Recruitment Center out on Facebook where you can uh, ask for advice and stuff like that. We do offer field manuals if you want to do uh, something like a Cobra Trooper or a Crimson Guardsman or something like that. Um, but you can also just uh, support the great charity, the great cause that we are uh, behind, which is Canines for Warriors. Uh, we raise money at conventions, but you can also just drop by Canines for Warriors and 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 donate some money for the uh, just and just say the finest sent you because it's what we have a passion for doing. And Christian, you mentioned your Instagram earlier, where we can check out uh, a lot of your awesome toy photography and the custom yeah. GI Joe vehicles you're working on. Where can we find that? Yep, so you can find me on Flickr and on Instagram under the name Legion Cub. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for sitting down talking about G.I. Joe. And until next time, yo, Joe! Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.